affective tests are often going to help you with team builders and, you know, Colby's going to help you build teams, right? So if you are looking to get to know each other better, then a personality assessment is great because if you want to figure out what motivates people or the things that they like to do or prefer to do or want to do, and some of those traits can tend to be, you know, stable over time. So it's great to know that information. Those things are really great conversation starters. And there are certainly some jobs where your personality is very important. Welcome to Powered by Instinct, a podcast for professionals who think about how your fundamental nature drives performance. In each episode, Colby experts will interview top performers, team leaders, consultants, and coaches to discuss identifying team members' strengths, aligning those strengths with their jobs, and optimizing individual and team performance. If you're interested in getting more done more naturally, then let's jump in. Welcome back to the next episode of Powered by Instinct. I'm Eric Carrera. And today we're going to be talking about assessments and which type of assessment should you use in which situation. And so I'm definitely here to give you the kind of the high level overview, the sales perspective. But luckily, I have my colleague Stephanie here. She's going to dig into all those critical details and answer those questions you have. So Stephanie, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. It's always my pleasure to be here. Yeah, we, uh, you know, we want to make sure that we give people kind of both sides of the equation, because obviously we have fairly different Colby results or, you know, MOs. And so we want to, for those of you that just need a big picture, what are we doing? I'll cover that. If you need everything down to the finest, you know, dotting the I and crossing the T, Stephanie will dot all of those I's and cross all of those T's for us. All right. So let's, let's kind of start with the basics, right? Really big picture. Why would a business leader want to use any sort of assessment? Yeah. So assessments, you know, in general, there are so many different types and I know we're going to get to that, but assessments are really great because they help give people a common language. So if you're talking about, you know, team building, then it's, you know, really great opportunity to bring people together, learn more about each other. And primarily that's what a lot of assessments are all about. You know, fortunately for us, we kind of go beyond that and help you know, leaders and teams and organizations really build their teams, whether it's used in hiring and helping to find the right person, or whether it's, you know, all about how can people collaborate better together. But it's really all about, you know, how getting just a little bit more insight and information into, you know, how does this person do their job? You know, depending on the assessment, it's talking about what they like to do, or, you know, other assessments talk about skills, or, you know, as, as you know, our assessment's all about how you naturally take action. So I know we'll get into that, but yeah, lots of, lots of great things that I think assessments can do overall. Yeah. And I think for a lot of them too, they give leaders a bit of that why, right? We work with our team and we understand, Hey, she does things like this, or she behaves like this. He does it this way. And sometimes that's great. And we're really looking for it. And sometimes, right. That can drive you a little crazy. And, you know, if you have this, you have any sort of assessment result, you can start to figure out, ah, okay, that's just them being them. It's not, you know, something that they're doing to mess with me. That's not on purpose. It's just their natural strengths coming out. So I think that's a really useful tip as well if, when you're a leader. Well, yeah. And I think the other thing is, you know, assessments have always been important because I think it's really just reducing that amount of time, you know, especially if you've got a new person, kind of reducing the amount of time that it takes to really get going. But also in today's environment, when we've got distributed teams, you know, people are no longer in the same office together. There's a lot more remote work and a lot more hybrid work and those kinds of things. I think it's also a great way for individuals to get to know each other, you know, set expectations really clearly and help employees when they're struggling with their work. 
Yeah, absolutely. All right. So we've been kind of talking about assessments, big picture. Why the heck would you want to use one? There are many different types out there. I don't know. You've probably counted all of them. I'm going to say there's a few thousand. You can refine that number if you'd like. But, you know, assessments measure different things in different parts of the person. We have this concept called three parts of the mind. So, Stephanie, why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so three parts of the mind, a pretty simple concept. <laughs> there are three parts of the mind. And, you know, there are fancy words that go with those, right? You know, cognitive, affective, and conative. But we usually like to just kind of simplify it to thinking, feeling, and doing. So that thinking part of the mind or that cognitive part of the mind, that's really that part that tells you all about your skills, your experiences, your learned behaviors or habit, and your natural intelligence or ability to reason. So you know, all that stuff that you learned in school or learned to get your job, your education, previous work experience, you know, the things that you have done so many times that they just become learned behaviors for you. So that's really that cognitive piece. Then there is the feeling part of the mind or the affective part of the mind. And that part of the mind is, uh, you know, typically what we call personality. And that comes in several different forms. It's everything from your emotions to your values to the things that you want to do and desire and prefer. So all of that kind of stuff falls into that, whether you're an intro introvert or an extrovert, all of those types of things uh, kind of fall into that personality. And then, of course, we've got our the part of the mind that Colby has expertise in, which is that doing part of the mind or the conative part of the mind. And that's all about your striving instincts. So it's how you get things done naturally. So it's when you are creatively problem solving, when you're making decisions, where you're taking action on purpose. It's really that mental energy that is innate or natural or instinctive to you. And we can go into lots of detail about that, or at least I can go into lots of detail about that. <laughs> yeah, and right in that, there are assessments in each one of those parts of the mind. So as you think about the cognitive piece, right, the stuff that's locked in your head, you mentioned intelligence. So if you do a formal IQ test, that's a version of a cognitive assessment. If you're, you know, getting ready to get drafted into the NFL and you do a wonderlick, that's a version of a cognitive assessment. But there are some different ones. You know, if you're doing a selling skills test, a typing skills test, those are still versions of cognitive assessments. On the other side, you know, you mentioned the affective portion, you know, kind of big picture. People think about, you know, something like the big five personality types or, you know, Carl Jung and his social styles model. Those are our, all, again, looking at something on the personality front and you know, measure things like introverted, extroverted people versus things. And, and those are all important. So that brings me to my next question. We run into some, you know, some common assessments out there, things like strengths finder, predictive index, culture index. What's the difference between those kinds of assessments and, say, Colby? Sure. Yeah, well, there's kind of lots of what I consider oldies but goodies, right? So some of those that you mentioned that have been around um, for a long time, there's some kind of new players and some ones that are, I think, getting revisited, like uh, Enneagram, I think, is uh, coming back because I think the celebrities are sort of into that one these days. But really, you know, I think people pretty much get the cognitive assessments and where those fit. But really, most of the time when you're um, seeing assessments out there in the marketplace, most of them, if they're not based on skills, they're going to be based on, you know, that personality uh, part of mind. So all of your strengths finder and Myers-Briggs and predictive index and a lot of those, those are going to be based on, you know, uh, what you value or what you prefer or those personality traits that, that we talked about. 
versus Colby is in a class all by itself talking about that that third part of the mind, um, about how you naturally take action. And we all take action in those four different ways. So it tells us about how we naturally gather and share information, how we naturally organize and arrange, uh, and you know how much structure we put into things, how we deal with risk and uncertainty, and how we deal with the tangible or physical things uh, around us and how we solve problems in each of those four different modes or in those four different ways. Gotcha. All right. So we kind of, we talked about some of those affect it's, you know, preference, motivation, personality, that kind of thing. When would you use an affective assessment or what's the right situation? You know, I'm a leader. I need to use some kind of assessment with my people. How do I know affect is the right one to use? Yeah. So, you know, I like to, you know, one simple way to kind of think about it is I like to say affective tests are often going to help you with team builders and, you know, Colby's going to help you build teams, right? So if you are looking to get to know each other better, then a personality assessment is great because if you want to figure out what motivates people or the things that they like to do or prefer to do or want to do, and some of those traits can tend to be, you know, stable over time. So it's great to know that information. Those things are really great conversation starters. And there are certainly some jobs where your personality is very important, right? If you are a salesperson and you are an extreme introvert, that could work maybe if you are in phone sales or something. But for, you know, for the, you know, a lot of leaders are going to want to know, is this person more introverted? Are they more extroverted? If you're in a customer service role, those types of things. So there really are some great things that those affective assessments can tell you about an individual. And then from a team perspective, kind of getting together and getting to know each other better and knowing what to expect from someone in terms of their personality and their emotions, right? So not to kind of step on their personality hot buttons can be a really valuable thing for a team. Absolutely. All right. So now kind of the same question, but for the cognitive assessments as a leader, how do I know when to use a cognitive assessment? Yeah. So cognitive assessments, that's pretty simple. That one is all about, you know, does this person have the skills to do the job? Have they learned the steps that it takes uh, to get there? Do they have the right experiences? Right. So, you know, it's pretty easy. You kind of can put that um, skills assessment in front of them. And if they pass sort of like your spelling and math tests in school, then, you know, uh, you know, uh, whether they can do the job or at what level they can do the job. Or, you know, is there reasoning? Do they have the, you know, natural intelligence? Because, Different jobs do require different cognitive abilities. And so it can be really helpful to kind of understand, you know, how how smart an individual is as, as judged by the way those tests judge intelligence. Perfect. All right. So now the third follow-up to that question. All right. How do you know when to use a cognitive assessment? So you uh, can use a cognitive assessment. The good news is uh, you can use the Colby suite of assessments for all of those reasons that I've mentioned, plus that so you can, you know, use use Colby for hiring. So when you're looking to hire new individuals, you can use it there. When you're looking to make sure that, you know, individuals that you already have in a job, that they're properly aligned to their role, uh, then you're going to want to use a combination of our assessments. You're going to want to use the Colby A um, and the B and the C with the uh, Colby A telling you all about their instinctive strengths. The Colby B telling you a little bit about what that person sees is what's required in the role. And then the C being what an outside evaluator like a manager sees in the role. So you're going to want to use a suite of assessments for that, but really making sure that they're the right, that they're, you know, they're not too stressed out in their job because we know burnout is such a huge issue and that they have some, some different, you know, ways of working around any issues that they have um, about the way they take action versus uh, what the job requires. 
Uh, and then you can use it to build teams as well and help teams to work more collectively and collaboratively together. Yeah, and that that one I find is really powerful because then you get to learn, hey, when I need help with X, I need I can go lean on Stephanie for that. And then you learn, hey, when I need help with this, I can go lean on Eric for that. And if we get a bunch of people all doing that together, then we're going to kind of supercharge or optimize our performance as a team. Absolutely. Yeah. And you can figure out, you know, when there are problems, like, like, let's say in your meetings, right? If you have meetings that are going on excessively long, right? Maybe you got a lot of people like me who give a lot of detail and ask a lot of questions. And sometimes that can bog a meeting down. So it's helpful to know, okay, well, there's a lot of folks like this on our team. Can we bring in somebody who is going to help simplify and help work, help keep the meeting on track? Uh, So there's all sorts of things like that, that you can learn by understanding how people naturally take action, both about them individually, but also about how they work together collectively. So projects, meetings, you know, putting ad hoc teams together. There's so many uses for for understanding individuals' instinctive strengths. All right. So we've talked about all of the awesome things and all of the different ways that you can use the various types of assessments. What's some of the pushback that we typically see from, you know, clients, prospective clients, those sorts of things is, eh, I don't think I need that kind of assessment. Yeah, well, you probably see this one a lot more than I do. I get the job where people have already raised their hand and said, I need Colby. And then I get to to train them and work with their teams and consult with them. I know you do some of that too, but you probably see a lot of those objections. What do you hear most often? Yeah. So I'm just going to thank you for acknowledging that my job is a little bit harder than yours. So <laughs> I appreciate that. Obviously on the sales side, yeah, we do get some objections. I would love it if everybody that we talked to just said, yes, I totally need Colby. That would be my dream. That's obviously not the case. You know, one example is in the hiring space, right? It's, hey, I just need to know somebody's Colby A. I need to know that Stephanie's an 8363 or that Eric's a 5392. That is valuable information to know ahead of time. But the question I always pose to people in that situation is, okay, great. What do you need that job to do? And then they, they generally kind of you know turn their head sideways a little bit or kind of give me a little bit of a blank stare because the truth is, unless I know what that job requires, it's hard for me to say, yes, Stephanie will be amazing at that job or Eric will be amazing at that job. And so anytime in hiring, you want to make sure you have some sort of objective measure, some kind of job model already pre-built so that then you can see hey, does this person fit that role? Because as you mentioned earlier, right? If you don't, if that person is basically the opposite of that job, you're setting them up to be stressed out and they're not going to perform at that high level. You know, some of the other things that we see are, ah, we've all been working together for 20 years. We know each other. Yes, that is 100% true, right? You guys probably have been working together for 20 years and you probably figured most of the things out. However, as I mentioned, right, it gives you a little bit of the why, right? And so if I understand why Stephanie asked me 472 questions every time I walk down to her office, right, it it bothers me a little bit less. I'm like, ah, okay, that's just Stephanie being Stephanie. I'm cool with it. Same thing when she walks down to my office and I give her 472 different ideas for how to solve one problem, she knows she can scrap most of those, but there's probably some hidden gems in there as well. And so it gives you, you know, again, a little bit of the why behind it. And it's that common language of, all right, we all know how everybody operates. 
We get it. Stephanie's, you know, an eight in fact finder. Eric's a nine in quick start. That kind of thing. So those are some of the common objections that we see. Obviously, people come up with lots of different ones, but those those are the biggies. Yeah. Well, and I assume too, people, you know, ask a lot about, you know, combining assessments together. It's like, hey, I already do DISC or Myers-Briggs or predictive index. Can I do Colby too? So what do you uh, tell them and ask those questions? Yeah. So yeah, just, I'm, I, we actually love it. I want you to use some other assessment, DISC, Strength Finder, PI, whatever it is, because it actually gives you a deeper view into that person. So Here's what I can tell you about any assessment, whether it's ours or anybody else's. It's never going to tell you everything you need to know about that person, right? Stephanie, you're an 8363 in Colby. I don't know how you vote. I don't know what kind of car you drive, right? I don't. There are lots of things I don't know about you based on your Colby result. And that's, like I said, that's true for all assessments. And so each one of those is going to kind of pick off one of those parts of the mind. And we're basically just kind of stacking the odds in our favor that, hey, I know more and more about this person the more assessments that I layer on. You know, a really kind of practical example is I have some people on my team that have very similar Colby results as me, right? I mean, side by side, they're basically the exact same numbers. However, if you look at our affective results, we are wildly different, right? They are very high on that extroverted scale where they need lots of attaboys, out of girls, right? They need that reassurance. They need to go out and mingle and interact with lots of people all of the time and they get energy from working with others. Whereas I am more of the hard driving, let's just get it, let's get it done kind of dominant personality that can sometimes overwhelm people. So if you need work out of me, it's more of a challenge of, I don't think you can do this or kind of get in my face. I'm cool with that, right? That causes me to just go and make it happen. If you did that with some of my the people on my team, that would not work. Instead, they need a bit more of that gentle hand, build that personal relationship. And so, like I said, by combining those two things together, you get that deeper view of the person. Absolutely. Well, it's interesting because I actually have sort of the opposite story. Before I came to Colby and knew about the Colby A index and, and the suite of solutions, I actually used to uh, use another very popular strengths assessment, Strength Finder. And um, it was amazing. And I remember working with a client who wanted me to come in and help him really uh, work with his team and get people to understand individual tasks, like how to help him, you know, dole out individual tasks on the team. And we did Strength Finder and the team loved it. And they learned tons of great stuff about working with each other. But we just could not figure out how to use that in order to, you know, dole out assignments, right? And so I wish that I had Colby. And so that was what really sold me the moment I took the Colby 8 index. I'm like, okay, I can use this to immediately really help understand who should be doing what on the team and how they're going to naturally do it. And so figure out, you know, do I have the freedom to have them do it their own way or does it need to be done a specific way? And then I can get the right person uh, on the team or help them find ways to get things done in a way that works for them and for the business. Yeah. So yeah, I have a personal example of that as well. So you had us do all of our strengths finder when you, uh, when you joined Colby and my number one on strengths finder is competition. Mm. And then as you look at my Colby result, I'm a nine in quick start, right? So now in my mind, whenever I think, all right, how am I going to get this thing done? I always think, all right, I need to beat them, whoever that person is, that company, whatever. Now let's come up with 475 ideas for how we're going to beat them, 
right? And so it's kind of blending those two pieces of the mind together. Yeah, it's great. Great. All right. So we've been talking about all the different kinds of, you know, assessments, some of the practical applications, those sorts of things. You know, if you wanted the people to walk away with, let's say, one or two kind of key points, right, of, hey, these are those golden nuggets from Stephanie, what would those two points be? Are you asking me to simplify, Eric? You know, this is a dangerous dangerous thing. (laughs) I know it's going to be a long answer, so I'm simplifying the question. All right. Good, good, good strategy there. All right. So the thing that I would say that you can walk away about assessments in general is actually one of the things is actually something we haven't talked about yet, but make sure the assessment that you're looking at is actually measuring what it's going to measure, right? So don't, you know, take the latest what Disney princess are you uh, quiz and expect it to yield results that are actually valid and reliable. So know what you're getting, right? Know if the assessment can and should be used for hiring versus other uh, uses that you might have for it. So that's actually one tip that I didn't even say that I think is really critically important. Like, for example, there's lots of disc assessments out there, but there's only really a few that are sort of backed by research and that have been out there for a while and are good quality assessments. So first of all, I would say know what you want to do with that assessment and make sure that you have the right assessment for you. And then I think that it's uh, really great to understand what parts of the mind are you really looking to measure to get insight and information and to work with in your and really look at those three things. And I think we actually have a great blog on our website and a download that you can uh, use to kind of recap some of what we talked about with three parts of the mind and which of those assessments uh, are, are right for you. What would you add to that? So I would definitely echo the first one, right? Whatever assessment you use in whatever part of the mind, make sure it's a good one. And in all three parts, there are really valid, you know, well-researched assessments. Pick a good one. Don't pick the latest Facebook, you know, questionnaire, that sort of thing. The other thing is I would say be strategic. Look at what problem am I trying to solve with it, right? Is it a, is it a skill issue? Is it a personality thing? Is it, hey, they may not be doing the job the way I need to, and then start there. And then like we talked about, combine them. That will actually supercharge and give you that even deeper insight into everybody that's on your team. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. So Stephanie, I want to thank you for joining me today. I appreciate it. And you yeah, know, for those my of pleasure. You, yeah, and you know, for those of you that want to learn more about, hey, what are my natural cognitive strengths? You can always go to Colby.com, click that uh, purple button up there in the top right-hand corner. Take your Colby A. That's always a great place to start. For those of you that want to learn more, you want to connect with the Colby certified consultant. That's some of the work that Stephanie and I do all day, every day with our clients. But you may want a local resource, and we have you know, 750 plus consultants out there in the world and, you know, all over the place, go to Colby.com and you can actually, there's a section to find a local resource for if you want to work with someone that's in your hometown. So again, if you want to learn more, go to Colby.com. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this uh, and let us know if there's anything else that we can do to help. Thanks for checking out this episode of Powered by Instinct. This show is brought to you by Colby Corp a company that helps leaders and organizations thrive using the only instinctive strengths assessment on the market. If you enjoyed this episode, then follow Powered by Instinct wherever you get your favorite podcasts or join us online at kobe.com slash podcast for all the latest episodes.